Welcome to the Manage My Wedding podcast, where we believe your wedding is the most important time in your life and you deserve to feel supported and organised when planning the wedding of your dreams. I'm your host, Yvette Sitters. Hello and welcome to episode 78. Today I am going to be talking all things wedding speeches. I have to say, I have the biggest grin on my face. I don't know why. I just am so passionate about this podcast. I truly am. I just love it so much. I mean, I love every single bit of my business. Otherwise, I wouldn't have created it. But I just get this big grin when I sit down to record these podcasts for you because I just can't wait to share the information. I have such a big grin. You can probably hear it in my voice. And you would think that I'm I'm that excited because there's tens of thousands of people in front of me listening and watching me, but it's not. It's just me sitting in a room on my own at home, but I'm just still so excited because I just love delivering this information to you. Anyway, I went very off topic then, but I just felt an immense um, smile inside of me. So today I'm going to be talking to you about wedding speeches and how to ensure that they are a success. But before I get into that, I want to let you know a new wedding planning bundle has dropped. And this one has been requested by so many of you who actually listen to the podcast and those who also use the app. Now, this is your ultimate wedding checklist bundle and has honestly, uh, it's got it all covered. So there are four checklists that you cannot go without and they are included in this bundle. One of them is an overnight bag checklist, which I think is the most important bag you'll ever pack in your life. And this has a full checklist of all the items that you need to pack for the night of the wedding and also the night prior. As many of you, well, you're not going to be at home and you don't want to have to go rushing home or to the shops to get anything you've forgotten. I've also included items you would never have thought of and that your photographer and your partner are going to love you for remembering to pack. The second checklist is a delegating checklist. Yes, every single task that you need to delegate to a helper for the wedding day and for the day after the wedding. Now, there's even space to write down who is delegated to that task so you can give that list to anyone that you need to. Now, this delegating list will alleviate all that wedding day stress and it's going to help you enjoy the day more because you're not worrying about things that need to be done. The third checklist is the photographer checklist. I'm not talking, please take a photo of me looking at my husband and putting on my gut. (laughs) They are professionals and they know that. I am talking the list of all family and friend photos that you can consider and that are most important to you. Now, I did not do this for my wedding day. And gulp. (laughs) Oh, I'm like a wedding expert and I don't know why I didn't do it, but I have big regrets over it. There are some important family pics I'm devastated that I just don't have. That is the one day that everyone was together and all dressed up. So this checklist is important. The last checklist is the honeymoon and home checklist. Now this is everything you need to pack for your honeymoon, which includes some romantic and fun options and also the home checklist, which is everything you need to prepare at home for whilst you are away. Now, this is not a list you would normally think of that you need a list for, but when you're wedding planning, you just 
all you can think about is the big day that's coming and you do not consider any of the things that you probably should have organized before the wedding and then you're left stressed racing around the day that you're meant to leave your honeymoon. So it's not a nice way to start the marriage. So these are four very important checklists and they're now available in one bundle and they can be downloaded at managemywedding.com or just head to the show notes and click on the link and it will take you straight to them. But I tell you, I have got you covered and trust me, I like to ensure I don't miss anything. Now, into the speeches. So who remembers that wedding that they went to where everyone laughed so hard and loved every speech? And who remembers that wedding where there was way too many speeches and they dragged on for too long and they were boring? Yes, I remember those. And usually that wedding was not fun, to be honest with you. So how do you ensure the speeches are quick, fun and memorable? Well, you decide between you and your partner who is doing a speech and you don't waver on that. Even if someone comes and says that they'd like to do a speech, just politely thank them and say that it's all been finalised. I mean, traditionally, the speech is included and they went in this order that I'm going to tell you now. But this was traditionally, it was the father of the bride first, the father of the groom second, followed by the best man, and then lastly the groom. But as we all know, times have changed, and really that is definitely not the case anymore. There are so many different situations. So if you don't want to follow tradition, then that is totally okay. Like it is not set in stone anymore. You need to do what suits you and your partner, but you need to agree with your partner and just stick to it. My advice to couples is usually don't have any more than five speeches. It gets way too long and it honestly can feel like to the guests that they're never going to end. And also make sure those five aren't all from one side. So, you know, not all from your side or not all from your partner's side or not even, you know, don't make sure it's four from one and one from another because it then I find it tends to then turn into that birthday party feel instead of wedding speeches. And I'm going to give a bit of an example. I went to a wedding and it was a friend of mine and her partner was a professional football player or soccer we would call it in Australia, but most of you know it as football. and. I I can't say who, obviously, and I won't. And because of his fame and who he was, there were just all speeches about him and his career and how he had gotten to where he was. And it just turned into what felt like his party and his celebration. And that was not what we were there for. We were there to celebrate the love and the union of two people and coming together as a family. So I really can't stress that one enough. It is honestly really, really important and it's really not fair on the other family and the person that you are marrying. So really try and balance that out. And then once you know who is talking, you need to give them a strict time to stick to. (laughs) Oh, you don't want the wafflers. I always say no matter what, five minutes maximum. And I know you're thinking, well, That does not sound like much time, but trust me, 
every single person goes over. And if you have five people speaking for five minutes each, you're already at 25 minutes. So, you know, that's long enough. And I always say that wedding speeches should not go for more than 30 minutes. So (laughs) think about that because if you're going to go for longer than 30 minutes, you either have drunk guests or if the drink service is poor, You've then got restless, bored guests talking amongst themselves and walking around trying to find a drink. So actually, now that I mentioned drunk guests and drink service, here's a tip for you actually when talking to your venue and caterer because there is nothing worse than starting speeches and no one has a drink and they can't find anyone to get one. And often there is nothing more distracting than staff being noisy and pouring drinks and taking orders around you when you're trying to listen to speeches. So As a tip, have a conversation with your venue or your caterer and ask them to pour everyone a drink just before speeches commence. If you have a drinks package and it's no extra charge and it's even nicer if you can have everyone with a glass of bubbles, if that's included, and then they have that in hand ready to toast and cheer. But if not, then just ask them to top up whatever drink it is that they are drinking. That's going to keep the guests listening and interested and not looking for that next drink. Honestly, this is something that I think is really, really important. Now, thank yous. So you need to ensure out of you and all your partner, whoever's talking or if you're both talking, who is going to say all the thank yous? Because there's nothing worse than the groom saying all these thank yous that go for ages And then the other partner getting up and saying all the thank yous again because you haven't discussed it. So decide who will say the thank yous and discuss together who is on the list so you have them all covered. And if you think, well, actually, you know, we're both talking, but there's some people special to me, that's okay. You cover those ones and tell your partner not to include them in their list. So just ensure that each of you covers off one person and not covering off everyone twice. (laughs) Otherwise, you've just got speeches full of thank yous. Now, the last bit of advice that I want to give you around speeches is when they take place. Often you'll find that your venue or your caterer, that what they'll try and do is they'll try and tell you that it's best to wait until all the food's been served and then do the speeches once everyone's eaten. But honestly, That is not my own advice at all because by that point you have guests who have drunk a bit and they're really at that point now just keen to mingle and get on the dance floor. And really that is just the venue and the caterer trying to make their job easier and keep the chef happy along with, you know, sending all the staff home and ASAP and saving themselves from dots and dollars. So my personal suggestion is to have speeches between the first course and the second course, which for those of you who are listening who are having a stand-up cocktail party, that's like an hour in to the reception. Some bridal couples like to have the speeches like straight away to get, you know, the stress of the thought of the speeches over with because they're really, really nervous. But if you're going to do that, you really have to decide if that's then too long for guests to wait for that first course or that first bit of food because sometimes the, you know, the canapes or that little bit of cheese that they had at the start isn't enough to tie them over. And you've got to remember guests are hungry. 
And the only thing they're thinking of when they get to the reception is their bellies, really, and that they're starving. And you just don't want them to talking about how they're so hungry and having to wait for the food. So I think it's best to get something in their tummy, get them settled, and then start the speeches. Then there's that nice break between the food that's already been served. Then there is a nice break before more food is served and they are ready to eat again. You know, they've had a little bit of a break, listen to speeches and food comes and they're ready to eat again. And the same goes for cocktails. Serve some food and maybe then some again after if the venue is going to allow you to do that. So there are my little pieces of wisdom or I should say my expertise (laughs) on speeches and how to plan them out successfully. The main key elements that I mentioned were timing, length and how many and consider those things and then you are sure to have successful speeches. And if you enjoyed this podcast and found it helpful, I would love for you to leave me a review and then please come back next Monday for more wedding tips, support and guidance from me. But until next time, enjoy being engaged, staying stress-free and organised while planning the wedding of your dreams. 